Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Career Catharsis. I'm your host, Neha Koram. Today, we'll be chatting with corporate lawyer turned self-empowerment coach, Alia Madadi, on how to empower your journey and improve your work life. Okay, so thank you so much, Alia, for joining today. Really excited to have you on the Career Catharsis show. Thank you for Uh, having me. Yeah, so I'd love for our listeners to get a better sense of your background. So if you could share a little bit about yourself, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I started my career a couple years ago. Um, I was working as a litigation associate at one of the top law firms in the world um, in New York City. And, you know, I thought I had made it. I thought that I was on my dream career path. I had wanted to be a lawyer ever since I was a little girl. And so my whole life had been really focused and dedicated towards you know, becoming a lawyer and to work at one of the top law firms. So I had always been working really hard at school, getting good grades. I have four degrees. I did a lot of education. Um, And, you know, after many, many, many years, a lot of exams, a lot of work, I landed my dream job at you know, one of one of a, a really amazing firm in New York City. Um, and I thought that that was it. I thought that I had, you know, made it. I thought that I had achieved my dream sort of career and life. And as I started going through my career in law and really, you know, starting to practice and to be in that corporate space, I slowly started to realize that it actually was not at all what was in alignment with what I wanted to do. Um, The reality of being a lawyer and especially working at a big law firm is just so different than what I thought it was going to be. And so after, you know, a couple years of working as a lawyer and working in that environment and at the beginning, just trying really, really hard to make it work, I didn't realize at the beginning that I just wasn't in the right career path for me. I thought that I just needed to figure out how to make it so that I could be happy in that career. Mm -hmm. Um, But after, you know, some time in that profession and it's obviously, as you can imagine, it's a very uh, demanding profession. It's very Mm -hmm. intense and kind of a 24-7 type of environment. So a lot of areas of my life started to feel like it was out of alignment. Um, My health, relationships, kind of everything. And I just made the decision that you know, I wasn't in the right place. Despite all of the effort and everything, I realized that this wasn't the career path for me. And so not too long ago, actually, I made the leap of leaving my corporate job and really starting my own business um, with other women, especially women in corporate who are looking for finding that sense of fulfillment within their lives and helping them figure out how they can live a life that is more empowered and aligned with what they want and the, and the type of life that they want to live. So that's been my journey so far. Wow. That's a really big, big twist. And it's really powerful to hear that someone who spent so much time and effort achieving this big goal was able to kind of step back and realize, well, Hey, you know, 
my relationships, my health, they're not quite where I want them to be. And I, I really need a big shift in order to step into alignment, as you called it. So I love that word. Can you tell us a little bit more about that uh, philosophy and how you have kind of built a business and coaching practice based on that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the foundation of really what I've sort of realized through this journey is that a lot of what we're taught about success and a lot of what motivates and drives our incentive to find our careers for a lot of people, not for everyone, but definitely for myself, is this idea that success is something external to ourselves. It's this idea that success is based on the amount of money that you're making or the job title that you have or the position that you're in. And I always thought that once I achieved those things, then I would have made it and that I would be happy. And what I realized through my journey is that is not the framework for success at all. Success in my mind is really a metric of how much joy and love you feel within your life on a day-to-day -day basis. How are you showing up on a day-to-day -day basis from a place of light and love within your heart and that you're sharing your gifts with the world in a way that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much something external, but I think the path of unpeeling a lot of the un conditioning that we've been taught around success and career and to really strip those stories away and to get really really clear about what lights your light what lights your soul up on fire what is it that you wake up every day super excited and how can you really shift your concept of career from how can you make money to how can I serve the world? And I truly believe that when you are serving the world in a way that is in alignment with your truth and with your soul, money will come, the rest of the things will come, but you're going to be much more fulfilled in the work that you're doing. Exactly. So that shift in mindset from uh, really thinking of servitude and sharing your gifts with the world and what do I have to offer rather than what do I have to gain? I think that's, that's huge. Absolutely. And can you share a bit more about the types of clients that you work with and maybe some of their challenges? Yeah. So a lot of the, I basically, my coaching is predominantly with women. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the women are in the corporate space. So they're either in demanding jobs like I used to be in myself, or they're just looking to find a sense of more empowerment within their lives. So getting really clear about what are the stories that your mind has created that are really holding you back? What are the things that are limiting you subconsciously or consciously from actually living life on your own terms. Mm -hmm. And so what I help do is to facilitate women that want to really break out of the old limiting beliefs and the conditioning and all of the things that are making them feel like they're not that full embodiment of everything that they can be. And a lot of the times, like in my experience, it started with a sense of knowing that I it's just a feeling really that you're not where you're meant to be or that you're meant to do something more mm -hmm. um, but actually translating that into a practical tangible life can be really it's okay. difficult mm -hmm. and so I had that support to go through that transition and now providing that support to other women has been super fulfilling 
That's incredible. I think that is definitely an area that a lot more people are thinking about, especially this year. I think a lot of people have been doing self-reflection and maybe taking some time to really assess their life. I know that a lot of people have been moving to the suburbs from the city and a really big shift in so many ways in, in the nature of the way human life um, is conducted, right? Whether it's in business or in yeah. personal life. Uh, so I think the work that you're doing is super important. So what would you say is the number one complaint that your clients face? I think the biggest thing that my clients face is a feeling that they're not in control of their, over their lives. It's this sense of feeling like they're waking up every day sort of on other people's timelines and based on other people's demands rather than actually being the driver and the director of the movie of their life. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's about how can you change that and how can you reposition yourself so that you can really be the driver of your own life and to create the reality that you desire. Definitely. And I would say that this reminds me a bit of my own practice. So as a career coach, I do spend a bit of time in the self-discovery phase and trying to help people figure out what it is that they are really good at, but also enjoy doing and yeah. also be paid for so sort of that three, um, those three areas and how that intersects. And I would imagine that that's kind of also part of your practice. Um, and I would also be curious to learn what it is that keeps you motivated and um, passionate about helping your clients succeed in this journey. Yeah, I, the main thing for me is just I, the, the sensation that I've had of sort of waking up mm -hmm. and this feeling of really being absolutely in control over my own life and doing things because I want to do them. It is such a state of empowerment that I want every single woman in the entire world to feel that way. I want every single woman to know just how powerful and incredible and amazing they are and how they can have the life of their dreams. And so that is my driver. It is what fuels me every day to, whether it's just creating content or working with people or doing workshops or this podcast, it's just spreading the message and that sort of positivity, I guess, or empowerment that you can do it. There's nothing stopping you from, from having that life that you want. And, um, and that's really what keeps me going. I love that. So you have a really big vision and being able to share that vision with other women in particular that might have some mental blockers or not know where to start or not quite being able to pinpoint where exactly what area of their life potentially they want to make that drastic change in. Um, totally. it, takes, it takes so much courage. So I think it's important to have cheerleaders by your side. It's important to lean into your support network and sometimes even getting the support of professionals and passionate professionals, people who are in it um, for the sake of their own mission. So what you described to me is a personal mission that sort of ties into your professional mission as well. And um, it's amazing to see going back to that word alignment with what you personally are driven by, but also able to drive that in your professional mission. So I, I think it's fantastic. And I'm really excited just talking to you and 
feeding off of your positivity as well. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I would love to know what has been a highlight of your career so far, whether you want to go back into the corporate days or your current business. Would love to know a highlight of your career and why. Um, I think the biggest highlight, I mean, there are a lot of definitely achievements like that I could talk about within my career, within my legal career. But honestly, I would say that the biggest thing that I am just so proud of myself for is taking the leap to go through the transition of leaving the, my, my corporate job. Um, that was so difficult. It was not easy. And it, it was a space and time in my life when I really needed to break through my own limitations. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of stories that my mind was playing at that time. A lot of things that my ego was saying to try to keep me safe and to try to keep me, you know, what, what's gonna, you, you lose that stability when you leave the corporate world. So there's a lot of unknowns. And I am just so proud of myself for making that leap and for really following my heart and for doing it because I think that's the place that a lot of people get stuck. They know that they want something different, but they're, they let their ego and their fear take over. Yeah. So I would say that that is my biggest achievement so far. It is really breaking past those, my own limiting beliefs and really going towards what I wanted in my life. Definitely. It's about stepping into your power. It's about recognizing your worth. And these self-limiting beliefs, I think, are a lot of the times learned, right? So growing up, there might have been someone at school or maybe a family member or someone that you thought might have been a friend, but really, you know, what they said to you and what you allowed yourself to believe um, as you grow older, then there's this process of unlearning. But in order to get there, you have to have the awareness that these are not my thoughts, right? Because if we go back to maybe when we were four or five years old, happy kids playing in the playground, a lot of the times, you know, if we go back there and if we're able to connect with how we felt about ourselves, um, you know, there was almost this shamelessness. And I think breaking out of that shame, breaking out of those self-limiting beliefs and giving ourselves permission to be different and to um, break those barriers, as you said, and self-limiting beliefs, I think it's super powerful. And um, congratulations to you for making that transition and now sharing that gift. Um, what would you say is sort of uh, the tipping point for you? So I know that you mentioned in your career that you, you weren't exactly feeling aligned, you weren't feeling quite happy, but can you kind of paint a bit more of a narrative of, of what that looked like or what that tipping point was for you? Yeah, absolutely. So it had been, it was a slow nudge for a little while of feeling like I wasn't in the right place. Um, and that kind of looked like, you know, really late nights at the office and feeling burnt out and low energy and wishing that I could just ha go home and, and go to sleep. Or it was an inability to make plans with friends because I never knew if I would have to work that evening or that weekend. Um, it was showing up in ways where I didn't have energy or really any motivation to have a consistent 
consistent workout routine. I wasn't eating well because I didn't have time to really make my own food. I was eating out every meal. So I was, you know, I was gaining weight and I was just not being healthy. Um, so it was showing up in my life, this lack of alignment and this sort of the way that my energy was feeling so drained was showing up in my life in a lot of different ways, but I wasn't, I, I was sort of ignoring the signs. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kind of kept thinking that I can, I can make this work. I can figure it out. Yeah. If I only meditate some more, or if I only, I don't know, go on vacation in a month, like it'll, <laughs> I'll have that break and it'll be okay. Like I just thought that I needed to just keep going. Um, and eventually after a long time of kind of having these nudges, there was sort of a breaking point one day when I was so exhausted. It had been, um, a few days of just not good sleep and a lot of buildup over time of this sort of like, almost like a knock, like someone's knocking, trying to tell you, like warn you, like, hey, pay attention to me. Like the yeah. signs are there. Things are not going on course, mm -hmm. but I wasn't listening. And one day I just honestly had like a giant breakdown mm -hmm. um, and I was feeling super burnt out. And really that was just the pinnacle of feeling just the weight of everything kind of on like unleash. Um, and that was the point when I just sort of realized that I don't want to keep going. I can keep going like this. Absolutely. But I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to choose this for myself. And that was the point when I made the decision that I was going to figure out what was next for me in my career. And, um, it was about seven months after that, that I ended up leaving and going full in on my business. Wow. Yeah. So there's a couple of things there with the nudges, right? So there are signs or red flags, if you will. And it's so easy to ignore them because I think we do live in a society that normalizes eating out all the time or the hustle era, if you will. You know, big, big part of the career catharsis platform is to combat um, notions of the hustle, hustle era and kind of bring back and restore a balanced work-life dynamic and really thinking about how productivity also improves when you have happy, healthy employees, happy, healthy leaders, happy, healthy HR folks as well. Because a lot of the times the burden of creating healthy workplaces um, falls all on the HR person when really it is a collective effort where you have your leaders, you have your employees all kind of taking part and doing doing what they can. So there's a lot of personal responsibility, I would say, in making the choice um, to limit self-betrayal, I would say, with our routines, with mindfulness. But to your point, you can't just meditate or if you will pray it away like you sometimes have to dig a bit deeper and recognize when you might just be in the wrong job or you might yeah. just be in the wrong relationship or you know some people will pin it to being in the wrong city um and in that situation even i would think like it's about more so the people around you right um and the way you talk to yourself so what you talked about where um, you almost kind of felt like there was a knocking at the door and it was sort of yourself, you know, almost like a cry for help within um, yeah. and, and really just paying attention to that inner dialogue. 
that's a really big, big moment, I would say that um, a lot of people will go through, but then they don't have a plan or they don't have the support or they don't have the vision of how to then, you know, break open that door. So a lot of people are stuck within that awareness period or they hear the knock or, you know, they just maybe are afraid of pulling it open. Maybe they need somebody to help them with that. So it's so important to have individuals such as yourself doing the work that you do. I cannot say that enough, um, but also wanted to give everyone, all the listeners, a little bit of insight as to how they can maybe start that journey. So if they're afraid of um, breaking past that door, or those self-limiting beliefs and making a big drastic change, what would your advice be to those people? My biggest advice, and I wish I had done this sooner when I was in my job, is to set boundaries. It really, we have this sort of perception when we're working in a corporate space that we have to be at the beck and call of our superiors or whatever the corporation needs constantly. I absolutely felt that way. And I think it also goes to your point that we are sort of conditioned to believe that our value is driven from the amount of things that we're doing and achieving. And so it is this misguided framework that we're living with, but in the corporate space, the biggest thing that I think a single individual can do is to really get clear on what their boundaries are. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to make it to your kids' soccer games? Do you want to have carve out time for friend for friends and family? Do you want to have your weekends to yourself and make those things a non-negotiable? And some of those things might sound a little bit scary to implement or to create those boundaries at the, you know, when you're in that corporate space, I definitely felt like I couldn't create those boundaries. Mm -hmm. I realized afterwards that I could have, but I was just scared to. But um, I would just start small with getting clear of what are your non-negotiables in your life? What do you need mm -hmm. to incorporate into your life on a daily basis so that you do feel full and that you feel mm -hmm. like you can show up at your job doing your work from your most fullest expression and from a place of fulfillment rather than feeling drained and feeling resentful. And I think that all starts with setting boundaries and setting boundaries to me is truly an act of self-love. It's when you, it is an act of putting yourself first and you're doing that not from a selfish space, but you're doing that so that, like I said, so you can fill your cup up and then pour from that overfill into your work. Um, so that would be my biggest tip. Yeah, I love that boundaries, they are so difficult to, first of all, outline and figure out what are my needs, what are my priorities, what are my deal breakers, these are questions that we're not really taught to ask ourselves these questions. Yeah. Um, and that's really what leads to that self betrayal. So outlining a good um, set of boundaries and then implementing those is a great way to then start championing um, your own needs and moving more towards self-love. Um, and these are all terms that get tossed around so often and sometimes it doesn't really make sense to individuals that, you know, they might be going through their Instagram, kind of going through holistic psychology posts and like, you know, it, we're, we're almost sort of um, coming to a big awakening, but also through that a big bombardment of all these different voices. Um, so I think another piece that I would add to that is if you are going to seek help in this process, find someone that you resonate with, 
find someone that under that you have a connection with or has some sort of understanding of your journey. Um, and sometimes it might even take working with a couple of different coaches to figure out what the best coach is for you. Um, but something you can just start immediately right away after the show, as Alia said, is to start thinking about what your boundaries are and taking that step to then implement them at work and really prioritizing the things that will fill your cup. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners or any final words? Um, I guess just some parting words, something I actually just filmed an Instagram video on this, but uh, one of the messages that I just feel is so important to keep reiterating right now is the fact that at the end of the day, it's always your choice. Mm -hmm. And every single day you have the choice to choose what type of life that you want to live. And you can choose to live a life that is more focused on love and joy and possibility, or you can choose to live a life that, where you're waiting for joy to enter your life. And either way, it's your choice. And I think sometimes we kind of get on this path of unconsciously not even realizing that we're just waiting, that we're waiting for circumstances to change. We're waiting for the world to change. We're waiting for our jobs to change in order to be happy. But that's a choice that you're making. And the more that you are living in that path, you're furthering yourself away from the path of joy and love. So um, I guess that would be my parting words is just to become conscious of what choices you're making and know that in any moment you can change them. I love that conscious choices. That's key, right? A lot of the times we are simply waiting and hopefully a lot of people are now feeling more inspired to get out there and choose joy, choose love, think about their boundaries, start implementing them and hopefully start seeing um, a rapid change. Um, and when I say rapid change, you, you are the first one to notice it. Um, but then the people around you also start to notice it over weeks and months and um, really setting that foundation for a happier life. Um, thank you once again, Alia, so much insight on your part. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Career Catharsis. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with self-empowerment coach, Alia Madadi. You can find more information on her practice in the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to hear new episodes from wellness experts and leaders in career transformation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Career Catharsis podcast. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with somebody that you know to inspire someone to take the next step in their career. Send me your feedback at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or find me on LinkedIn. Simply type my name, Neha Koram, and you'll find me. Looking forward to connecting and see you next time.